Just a warning, this episode contains discussions of death, drug use, and depression. Listener discretion is advised. Uh, back on deck on my fly shit. Uh, really on, really on my shit. Really on. Pay some respect to my mindset. Hair blowing smoke, catch a contact. Hey, how you doing? I'm Reg Thomas, and welcome to my podcast, P.S. The Podcast. I'm your host, and uh, today I have a very special guest, very funny comedian, all the way from Semi Valley, California, the one and only Stephen Campbell. Uh, we talk about how, ironically, for such a young guy, he's had so many friends die, and uh, we're going to see if we can make it funny. In this episode, we discuss Stephen's upbringing, how he got into comedy. It's a very insightful conversation that I look forward to sharing with you guys. Hope you enjoy <laughs> Reg Thomas is not a role model. He is a comedian. Some of the things he says may cause a person to get hurt, expelled, arrested, possibly deported. To put it another way, if you're offended by this, don't blame end stars. Time for a smoke session. <laughs> all right, communication is very important in all forms of relationships, you know, whether it be your friends, your boss, everything. You know, you could, the way you communicate with people means a lot. And uh, there's a like I feel like there's a little civil war going on in the communication wars, man, because there are people who think that voice notes are are an acceptable form of communication, and they're not. They're not. I hate voice notes. Do not send me a voice note. I hate when like it's in the middle of the day, you're working, you're trying to stay mentally focused, and someone sends you like three voice notes. One's like 21 seconds, one's 45 seconds, and another's like 10 seconds. It's like, bro, type this shit. I don't want to hear none of this. Get this. No. I'd be cool with voice notes if people were just very, like, efficient with it. It was like, hey, I'm not going to be there at three. I'll be there at four. But no, people use voice notes. They're like, hey, what's going on, bro? So, uh, and the, the uh, or like the and in a voice note. I'm like, yo, these are precious seconds of my life that you're just wasting. Just get to it. Voice notes are not it. I hate when you try to put your personality in a voice note. I hate when y'all try to be funny in voice notes because it never lands. I hate voice notes. I'd like just text me so I can ignore you and like I don't know it just feels like entitlement to me because like, to me I just picture how much time is being lost like you know like you, you communicate with people on the way on the level of how you fuck with them like if you knew when to fold phone calls and text messages if you in the circle FaceTime I don't know what this voice note shit is for who is this for it's like a weird new version of the chirp of the next tell chirp I hate voice notes it's not cute It's not nothing It's just annoying It's wasted Megabytes out my phone That's that Skirt If you guys ever want to be up to date On the newest Hollywood news Make sure you check out Nstars.com E-N-S-T-A-R-Z.com Nstars.com Hey what's going on guys On this episode of PSA Podcast I'm featuring a very funny comedian Friend of mine Stephen Campbell From California I've known him uh, For Maybe about two years now. He produces some of the best comedy shows in town. And he's a real funny guy who hustles and really knows how to like make opportunities for himself as an entrepreneur and entertainer. I'm really proud to have this guy, and I'm looking forward to sharing his story and his views with you guys. I had I had the the deepest conversation with a homeless man on the train today. What was it about? Yo, he just came on and he was like, he wasn't even asking for money. He was just like. Yo, I just want everybody to know, like, I'm in a real bad spot, but I have faith that shit's going to get better, and I want you to know 
that if y'all are going through some bad shit, like you need to have faith too, kind of a thing. And like, you know, nobody was kind of, everybody was doing the train shit where like nobody's fucking with them, everybody's looking on the train or at their phones. And I just like started chatting it up with him. I was just like, I was like, yo, man. Like, it resonated with you? Yeah, like it hit Who me spoke hard. first? You, oh, he, he came on the train, started yelling that shit. Um, and then what'd you say? He, he came and walked by. And and I just like you know just stopped him real quick and I was like yo stay up homie like that resonated like you know just so we just chatted back and forth for a minute it was it was heavy like he was all he was like all teary eyed he's like I'm 50 years old pandemic fucked me blah 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 that was like the shit that he was saying up top and then he started just like uh, get, getting all teary eyed when we were talking and he's like I'm 50 years old I've been through bad shit before it always gets better I know it's gonna get better it's just hard when I'm in the middle of this storm trying to remember that and I was like well remember it dog like you know Damn. yeah it was heavy it was heavy like that like it rushing to get to the podcast and I just get in this heavy ass conversation with the homeless home <laughs> I'm so cynical I'd have met the homeless guy with the real touching story I'd be like so you think you're gonna hit me with the heartstrings yeah you're not getting none of my money fam no he didn't even have the ask he didn't even have the ask that was the thing like I, I was like he was just straight up on the on the subway to be like, yo, y'all, it's gonna get better. And I was like, all right. You know which ones I don't like? I don't like the panhandler that makes me laugh. Mm. When he's like, hey, what's the best nation? Donation. Like, get the man, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, and you're trying really hard not to make eye contact. You're trying to look perpendicular to homie. And he says, and then you laugh and he sees you laugh. You're like, fuck. All right, pay here's, for laugh. here's a dollar. I wanted to talk crying. Because it's a it's a very new thing to me. I don't know. I don't want to drive the train. Wait, if, he if, started crying. No, 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 no. Uh, so like you got that bit oh, about yeah. about crying. And I've never really talked to any dudes about crying, and so uh, I did not cry for a ten year period. Right? <laughs> Yo. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, like that Seinfeld episode. I didn't throw up for fifteen years. Yeah, how, yeah, right. right. No, how do you not cry for ten years? Four, four different times that I cried. It's uh, a lot of uh, when I grew up. So I had like twenty five friends die. Right, and so. It was a neighborhood that was, or not neighborhood, it was a city that, uh, heroin gang shit, right? But it was, We're talking about Washington, D.C. Simi Valley, California. Okay. Um, which, Simi Valley. Simi Valley, yeah, yeah. So it was most- Bodies dropping. Most drug overdoses per capita of any city in the country, 2012-13. And that these are the years we're talking about where your friends were Yeah, so from the time that I was in se- seventh grade, my first friend was murdered- and then from there until I was 22, I had 23 friends die. Um, but because of like a lot, th- because I needed to help a lot, like I need, I wrote the eulogies. Uh, I had a Word document template for eulogies because I was writing them so often, and I had to plan the after parties, right? Because I didn't even know what like the wake was called because I was too young. So I planned after parties for funerals, and so when that shit went down when like really bad shit would happen, like my response would always be like, go help a motherfucker. But like, I never cried, right? So there was like this 10 year period where there was no crying here. Usually it's like a black kid and he a rapper telling me some shit this sad. Like, I don't know, it's 23 homies in 10 years. <laughs> Yo, you know, but that's on phone now. I was on co- I was in college and we had a- It's just you with a beanie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was in college, we had a, uh, a child soldier come talk to the school and he said how many friends he had and like all I could think was like, yo, I got homie beat. Like I was like, I, I had the child soldier beat. But he's like, Rwanda ain't got nothing yeah. on Simi Valley. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's, no, it's, it's uh, whatever. But the only reason I bring it up. Have you ever seen someone get shot? No, stabbed, but no, no. Have you, what's the most violent thing you've ever done to another human being? 
Just kick somebody in the face for stealing mushroom money from somebody. Okay. Just like nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, I've been in, I've been in a fight here or there, but like we used to get in like brawls. I used to like mediate fights between white power gangs and Latin gangs. Um, yeah, was just, you was like, you were like, I was the one they trusted. Yeah, like, it was weird because like I was white, but you're like, like Jeremy Renner in that TV show, King of King of Mayor of uh, Mayor of Kingstown. I don't know it. It's like it's like a, it's like a town in Michigan, and there it's all run by like jails are the biggest job. Like jails are like the biggest. Oh industry word, in this, okay, like, town, yeah, yeah. And he runs the whole town, but yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, again, the only reason so all this shit happened, and then so like I developed this thing where I just like didn't cry, and so uh, about like six months ago, seven months ago, I was like I took some mushrooms with uh, I don't know another comic. And I told her about all that shit, and she was like, yo, you need to go cry to therapy. Something. You need to go to therapy. Because I was like, the thing, the catalyst was like, yo, I should probably try to cry. I'd never cried before. Like, let's let's fuck with it. And so, like, I started reading books on it. I started going to therapy, like, all this shit. And then the first place that I cried, uh, like, pretty much ever was at a bachelor party. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it really was, bringing down the mood of yeah, a bachelor party, like, bro. It's, like, not the spot to do it. Um... But yeah. What made you cry at the bachelor party? Everybody was getting married around me, and they kept talking about weddings, and I kept <laughs> referring to them as funerals. And somebody finally checked me, and I was on acid, right? And so, <laughs> and so, somebody finally checks me, and they're like, "Yo, why do you keep on calling these weddings funerals?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, well, I guess growing up, anytime we were gathering, it was for death, right? Like we weren't, de- we were never celebrating. It was always like for death, and. This dude, it was like a bunch of like Bud Light whites, right? Like, you know, like, okay. right? Like, not like Budweiser whites. Boat shoe vibes. Boat shoe, yeah, 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 100%, 100%. And I just had this vivid picture of me saying that, and this dude's about to take a beer bong, like, lets it go, and it just starts, like, bukkakeing all over his chest, and he just looks at me, he's like, that's so fucked up. And I just realized how fucked up it was. <laughs> and I had been trying to cry for a minute, and now and all the of a sudden- strippers giving blowjobs, yeah, like, this is yeah, really sad. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and I'm fucking like, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, like I feel like 10 years of crying, and I was like, yo, this isn't the spot to do it, I'm on a stripper bus, right, like there's just like, bus, bus with like lasers going every which way and shit like that, and so I was texting my friend, and I was like, yo, I don't know what to do, like I'm about to cry, she's like, wait until you get to a bathroom, and I was like, word, and so 15 minutes till we get to the crib, and as soon as we get there, these two guys stand up, like, we gotta take shits, and there's only two bathrooms, and so they go to take shits, and so I'm standing in line to cry, right, like I'm just like standing in line to do it and i just hear homie just like destroying the bathroom and uh yeah but then i finally went in and i just cried for my first time just uh surrounded by shit smell yeah and that shitty aura so i said i feel to get that cry up like i had masturbated for the first time like you were like (laughs) loose you were like oh my god yeah i was like i was like i get it like i get why you do to catch you up i cried uh during an episode or during the movie osmosis jones last weekend so I've really, come, I've really come like quite a ways. You know what always gets me? Uh, <laughs> I was like, this is new documentary on HBO called Life of Crime, uh-huh. uh, and uh, it follows these three heroin addicts from Newark, New Jersey, for thirty six years, and each and every one of these individuals call their own death. Like one of them, the Spanish guy, he gets thrown in jail. He's like, I'm a fucking dying here. Catches HIV, dies in jail yeah. in the nineties. White guy, he's like, I'm gonna end up ODing. Dies, he gets off. He's like, he gets clean. He's trying to stay clean. Dies, overdoses. That he's dead for so long, his body exploded from rotting so long. Oh fuck! Lastly, there's a Spanish lady. She's clean for 13 years. She's clean for 13 years. She's helping people get her shit yeah. right. 
COVID happens and they shut and like because of COVID, like yeah, her yeah. system, like everything shut down, like the services. So she couldn't go to meetings. She couldn't make yeah. phone calls and stuff like that. Three months without her service. 13 years clean. Yeah. But three months not able to get like her fault, like, you know, like drug anonymous shit. She couldn't get buys five dollars worth of heroin overdoses. Damn. That was uh they said a hundred thousand people in twenty twenty died of drug overdoses. Right. But that's not even what made me cry. What made me cry is there's a scene in the in the show, in the documentary where her little daughter's like, you know, if you wanna live with us, are you gonna be a drug head? And then like they just <laughs> and they just cut scene to her putting a needle in her in her vein. And then like it ends with like and then like the second act ends with her daughter like hitting a home run at a softball game and like all these kids are cheering her on like you know you can get your life together because like there are three parts of this documentary yeah yeah so it's like you can get your life together and like I cried at that like I always cry at a sports thing like if, if someone does something yeah. at a sports thing I cry because yo that well that well placed background music to a sports scene <laughs> yo you know the song I'm talking it's like yeah. it's it's you know it's there's no words like you can call it remember the Titans it's the or montage fucking, Rocky running against yeah, yeah, um, right. They'll <laughs> throw that shit on, on a fucking Airbud movie, and I'm like, yo, girl, I'm crying. So now you love crying. Yeah, I, 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 it was. I was working to do it, and now I can cry, and now it's this thing that I'm like, I, I feel emotions now, which is crazy. That's awesome. Six months of therapy. I wish I, I could. I wish emotions. I could manipulate my ability to cry. Like if my girl was getting on my nerves, and I just, yeah, <laughs> she'd be like, just forget it. I'd be like, you're just like. Reg, Reg, I see, I see you zoning out. I know you're going to that sad place so you can cry. Right. <laughs> nah, I zone out just because I'm not paying attention. Yeah. Well, it, sometimes people just want to yell at you to just get some shit out. And so, like, I've definitely been in relationships where somebody's just yelling. And I'm just like, it seems like you're just doing this for you. And I'll just, <laughs> you know, I'll let you have this. And I'll just zone the fuck out. And I'll think of something else. And then once you're done, I'll be like, I'm s- sorry. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah, screaming at me only goes buff so far. Then I'm then now I'm just practicing free throws and it's like, in what way? What do you mean? Like she's like screaming at me. I'm just like, I'm just over here practicing other stuff. Do you in your relationships? Do they get heated? Like do y- do y'all yell at each other and shit? I get yelled at more mm. than more than I'm yelling at anyone else. Mm. It's always, did you really think that that was what I wanted? You thought that that was okay? Yeah, and do you find yelling back? No, nah, I never raise my whip, my voice at women. Yeah, I know. As dog as I am, nah, I'd be like, hey, let's all use oh, cooler true. heads. Okay. Yeah, I I've never I never really felt that like anybody like a, there's like a bunch of like different emotions that I'm just like I don't get it like like the dude that punches walls and the person that just yells in arguments I just don't get either one of those emotions. Are the you person a wall that puncher? No, nah, I'm I'm not. Nah. I like the wall puncher thing. You try that like once in your early 20s you hurt your hand <laughs> really bad and you never do it again. Exactly. And the what was the other personality? The the just the yelling, the argument nah, I yelling. I yell back like especially in public. That's nah, I don't yell be, well because like definitely I've yelled at a woman prior and then like even when you in the right, you feel nuts screaming at a woman yeah. in public. Absolutely. So, that's so, like, that's just never been my thing. And then, like, yelling is, like, I don't know, the way I present myself, like, I feel very confrontational when it comes, when we're already arguing. So, like, if I'm yelling at you, mm. whether it be a man, I'm like, well, we're going to end up at fisticuffs soon. Oh, and if I'm yelling at a girl, it's like, I'd rather just remove myself from the space. Because, in all honesty, I've never, my father's never even, like, I've never seen my father raise his voice on my mother. If they were arguing, if they were arguing or having a fight, my father just removed himself. Yeah. And my mother was, my mother was with the smoke. And like, yeah. my father was like, I'm just out of here. 
<laughs> just like walk out of the house. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. But then like you realize like mama like but then he would be gone for two days. My mother's sick. Where is he? I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just just talking to this girl that uh going on a date with her tonight that she was saying that her dad, when they get in fights, he just zone he just like tries to just keep on Stiff arming it, keeping it arms distance away, and hopes that it just goes away, and that she is just very direct and loud about it. I'm about to go on my first date with her, so we'll let me see. ask you something. Do you date mean women? Um, so you look like you like bitches. I, I, I have always been attracted to people that have got a fuck ton of trauma. Yeah, um, you look like you like you <laughs> like. I'm like Steven, Is she hitting you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, no, I never, I never, I never had that to that extent. It's just always. Um, the thing that the therapist fucked up. the thing that the therapist said was you're attracted to people that show their trauma because you've never shown your trauma so that like people that do show it you're very attracted to it and so like I would be able to like cite somebody out be like yo this bitch is crazy and like I'm gonna get her number like I'm gonna get you know like yeah. um where I'm again in the in the process but of, that's also because sex with crazy women is phenomenal I know and it's just there I've never seen a data point that suggested otherwise. Right, like I've I've tried to date very like uh, very very um, bland white women are very attracted to me. <laughs> very, right. Just the blander the blander they are, the hotter they believe me to be. <laughs> and My sound guy's like, oh, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> grow a beard. <laughs> um, and but that it's just I've got enough data points to suggest that the. That that bland white person that she can be great. She's just not for you. Not usually. We don't aren't sexually compatible. Doesn't mean that she's not good, bad, and different. Just we yeah. are not sexually. You, compatible. A friend of mine said something to me the other day that blew my mind. He said that men don't even men tend to date what they don't even rather. Right. So it's like like men we fuck the women that we would like to be fucking. Like we like she. You have sex with a girl who gives you the type of sex you like. Okay. But then you'll date a girl who's just like who you think you should be with, but she doesn't do any of the type of shit that the right. girl you like having sex with does. And that is terrifying. Well, and and I and it's because I've also like become like starting to be more into different and maybe it's living in Brooklyn too long that I'm starting to be into like more sexual shit. He's like I'm I'm really into sluts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was dating this girl that um she hits me up and she's like I want you to light me on fire. And I was just like, yo, first off, her hair is down to her ass, right? We, she lives in this like very small spot in DC where they got clothing racks. She's got clothing racks all around her bed, just fucking kindling everywhere. And she's like, I want you to light me on fire in bed. And I was like, I fucking will not do that. Like, there's no way that the smoldering ashes are behind me. And I'm telling the police, like, no, she wanted me to light her on fire. Like, that was, that was, I was like, fucking absolutely not. I'm even scared about, like, choking somebody that I feel so is. So how far did it get? I said no. Like, it was just hard oh, no. I, it was, it was just a fucking hard no. Had she to was, set a boundary. Yeah. Because, man, I'll tell you this. That's what's, what's sick about us men. A girl tell us what we need, what she needs us to do to make her come, and we'll do it. Set you on fire, blowtorch. Like, all right, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe yo because then she started going around and telling my friends like yeah Steven's prude and she wouldn't give any details about it and then like finally like one of my friends confronts me about it I was like yeah because I wouldn't light that bitch on fire like that was like, well maybe like, you I should ask more questions you should have been like alright describe a fire what are we talking like a lighter well, we like I hit there, you we went there so I had to put lighter like this like lighter fluid that like it evaporates I guess once you light it but like you put it all over her back 
while she's just laying in this fucking flammable ass bed with her big ass head of hair. And she's just like, yeah, and then I would light it and then her whole back would ignite, but then it would go away quickly. And it's like, yeah, but also you have clothing racks fucking everywhere. You have long ass hair. You so have you a- just gotta set the space right. Like Dexter? Yeah, you just gotta, yeah. <laughs> exactly like Dexter. Just, yeah, just straight up plastic wrap the whole place. No, but then we're, then we're, then we're inhaling plastic fumes. Yeah. Um, I ain't gonna lie, I feel like you kind of dodged a bullet on that one. I dated her for a year after that. Yeah, I continued. Skirt. <laughs> Quick smoke break here. New York, yo, first of all, New York is open, but New York been open. Niggas been out here with fake vaccine cards. It is why I should. I was out here really telling on niggas too. I was like, yo, that's not real. Get them out of here. That out of here. New York open. New York been open. I just. When are they getting rid of the outside dining areas? I want that gone. I'm tired of seeing y'all eating in the bike lane. All right, you're in traffic. Get out of traffic. That shit is wild. How we just how we just flip society like that. Like we we look down on homeless people for eating outside, and then out of nowhere, it's just a new chic. I'm over us. When I want that out. I want all the parking spaces back. These outside dining areas are whack. And, like, I don't think they're getting rid of them because you start to see they started really investing in these shits. These niggas, it went from just being, like, a little spot to, like, now it's just a whole nother outside facility outside. It's like, they got AC. They got, yeah, I'm, I hate the outside dining area. It didn't make sense. It was a, you couldn't eat inside, so they made inside outside. Yo, first of all, fam, we're at Catch. I'm not eating outside, all right? <laughs> I mean, inside of Catch. Y'all know what this bill about to be? I'm inside, all right? Me, COVID, and the steak. Me inside. No. Y'all like dining outside? Y'all, y'all take the outside option? You ain't been out there eating two years? Damn, Jesus ain't take his girl out on a date in two years. <laughs> that is nuts. Every week he come over here, she mad at me. I know why. She ain't been out in two years. You a wild one. This nigga really was hitting her with COVID. <laughs> Every time she's like, I'm hungry, COVID, COVID, Uber eats it. All right, I'm good. If you ever want to hear about Hollywood news, make sure you check out nstars.com. E-N-S-T-A-R-Z.com. Nstars.com. <laughs> Yo, I used to, so I perform at like these music festivals and like, so a lot of these like bigger DJs, they literally have a person that's following them that is their assistant that has paper documents so that when they go to fuck, they have to sign an NDA before they even go to the hotel room. Like like people that aren't even like that big, like still. Hey man, have, you you might have, you you're on the sign. But I heard that that's not even a legally binding thing, depending on what city you're in. Oh, well, I have no idea. I have no I, I have no idea. Yeah, if Beyonce does it, but also I'm sure Beyonce that, be in three cities at all times. Like Beyonce right, don't leave. Right. Beyonce be in three different places at it. Also, I feel like if. If if you wanted, to, it's not even about it being legal when it's Beyonce. Like Beyonce could crush you. Like just sign this piece of paper and she. There's could. a Navy Seal outside of Beyonce's living room. She will just have you killed. Wait, I, is that true though? Because I think that that yeah, I would like, believe all, that. Like their security guards are like old Navy Seal guys. Like they like their guys. Like their their security guys are like guys named Samson. Like <laughs> like Jay Z and Beyonce's security. Like they're definitely like special. Like they did this. That's true. My uh, my friend used to be a nanny for this like billionaire, and uh, he was like a hedge fund person, and so he'd always kick it with Jay Z, but she would always like take care of his kids. Um, but 
Jay-Z, Jay-Z, she was just like talking about like the people that like Jay-Z is like around. And it's like, it's like, it's like out of like a Bond villain party type I joint. Type joint. I believe it. We it. Um, we did a show, Frankie French and I did a show, uh, like this fundraiser a little while ago and like Kellyanne Conway came and it was after our, after our thing was Eric Adams, you know, the mayor. Yeah. He was having a fundraiser. So it was Kellyanne Conway came through. Are you familiar with like his like word vomit in the recent weeks? I, dude, I've been and it's, it's probably not good that I'm this detached, but like probably six months ago is when I just said I'm done with news. Okay, yeah. just, Eric Adams is the new mayor. He's the first right. black man in New York in like 30 years. And like, he's just on the news. He's like, all my low skill workers, my drivers, my delivery people, my <laughs> any nigga who don't got a degree. I was like, whoa. Wait, he's so, such a black cop. And I don't know if you understand what I mean when I say that, but like, he's such a black cop. What what do you mean when you say that? Because I think I know, but what like, do you mean? He's such a black cop in the sense that, like, you know, as a black community, you might not even be paying a person no mind, but, like, you know, here this presence comes, right? And it's like, okay, this guy looks like me. Maybe it'll be cool. And then, like, he's just a black cop. Like, he put the handcuffs on extra tight. Mm. He's just not fucking with you. It's like, he just, he just really buys into, like, the whole bootstrap mindset as if, like, there's a lot more elements to the whole situation stopping people from getting where they need to sure, be. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, man, he's just a black. Guy. <laughs> hey, he um, his fundraiser, it, and I just used the same analogy, but like, it was Russian oligarch type people. Like a lot of people speaking Russian, but they were like wearing expensive ass suits. There were two dudes that were like cartoonishly Yosemite Sam motherfuckers, with, like big cowboy hats and cowboy boots and shit like that. It was just like it was just a ton of people that were clearly like big big money, right? Right. And so it was funny because we were doing this fundraiser for uh, Oliver Scholars, which is a nonprofit. They help uh, black and Latino kids in underserved communities get into like some of those like real hoity toity schools that. Uh, you know, like whatever that a lot of like the affluent white families are have access to, yes. right? But so they have their fundraiser after ours, and so then the CEO like doesn't even like confront him, confront him, but was just like, "Yo, put your money where your mouth is. Go talk to these people." Where it was this like really awkward thing that like uh, Frankie actually like brought him over, but it was this awkward thing where these people had clearly spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to even be here. Yeah. But now she's like confronted him and was like, yo, you better go talk to these people because they're like actually helping. And so there was like, you know, cameras and shit. And so like he just like kind of awkwardly like goes over. Jay-Z? No, no, no. Oh, Eric Adams. Oh, Eric, Eric Adams. Adams. Eric Adams. Um, but yeah, it was just this awkward thing that he like was really. Eric Adams was like, poor people? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Uh, I mean, where he, is my hand sanitizer? Yeah, he did the politician shit. He went up. He said it, he he did it, but then yeah, then he just went and kicked it with all the billionaires. I mean, your billionaire friends are way more fun than your poor friends. <laughs> your poor friends, you know what your poor friends do? They invite you all out to a group dinner to a steakhouse that they can never afford on a regular day, right? And then they have you all pay for it. <laughs> your rich friend invites you to the same steakhouse, pays for everything. Yeah, before and you make sure know. You love- yeah, just meal things keep coming out and you're like, I don't think I can pay for this. And then he's like, Oh, I've got it. I'm like, oh, I'll get I'll get some. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. I I um I just went to this I, are we okay on time or it, uh I just went to this wedding in Hawaii, right? 
just ran up the credit card, got this wedding to Hawaii. Fancy. Also, one of my richest friends, guys. Loki, no, no. one of my richest it's friends. Absolutely not. I've I've gone deep into debt because of this trip. But um my like, I will never recover from that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I went so there's this island called Lanai and my friend works at the Four Seasons there, right? And so there's three thousand people that live on the island. Have you been? It's fucking yeah, like it's really, really nice. But um with the where? Lanai. It's like this really little Small island. island on. Three thousand person population, thirty thousand deer. So like either you go there because you're like a billionaire kind of joint, or like you, a lot of people like hunt there. Like there's there's certain In types Hawaii. Of, yeah, yeah. There's certain types of tourism that happens there. But it was this weird thing because I was staying at this four seasons that I would never ever be able to uh um afford. And there were just like lots of those billionaire types, but they do this one thing where which it's just so wild to me. Like the whole staff gets these resumes on each individual that's staying there and they have to memorize the whole resume to have a complete understanding of each guest that is mm-hmm. staying there. And it's just all these like weird things that you're just like, oh shit, like this is how the other side is living. Like, you know, yeah, this, that's crazy to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, honestly, you're absolutely right because I was in a comedy competition one time and I stayed at the W Hotel South Beach uh-huh. and just to call room service and they knew my name, which is, yeah. which honestly, very basic on like sure. the luxury <laughs> things that come like, but like when they, they was like, hey, Mr. Thomas, I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I almost lost it. And that, that that's like, that's like page one of what it's like sure, to be rich. sure. Um, yeah, I I have a very similar that I just remember them saying my name. I was like, oh my god, thank you, thank you for caring. I, I appreciate it. Yo, Stephen, how how were you able to keep such a high level, high vibration with, with everything you've been through? Um, part of it is that you don't have a choice, right? Like a lot of this comedy shit comes from like this mindset of like mindfulness that it's like shit has to be funny, or else it's crushing. Right. So there's and it's also this thing that when so much bad shit happens to you early, you have this as a contrast to what is going on currently. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that was one of the things that was interesting in the pandemic. There were a lot of people you could tell this is the first time you're experiencing trauma. Right. There were just a lot of people that the way they handled it was just like. You know, you could just see like their fucking heart bumping out of their chest. Yeah, people who really experienced trauma, they was like, "I'm gonna just sit right yeah, here." Yeah, I'm gonna kick it. I'm gonna <laughs> kick it. Right? Like, I mean, like, o- like obviously, like I was fucking. It was horrible and it was rough. But there was a lot of times I was like, "Yo, you gone through some shit, so yeah. like, let's just go through a little bit more shit." That and, really wasn't like, and like you did feel, I did feel irresponsible because I was like, "I'm gonna just sit here and see how bad it get." Because yeah, I know it could be worse. Yeah, but it, like, but I, but you're right. Maybe that is trauma that has prepared you for it. Yeah, but it's not. But there was no part of me. There's no part of me, my trauma experiences that like, all right, let's preemptively do right. something to it. And, and obviously, there's no one to one. But there was, it, and and it still hit me very hard. But there was an initial time where I was like, oh, I can tell all of the people that have never experienced any sort of hardship because y'all are freaking the fuck out right now. And there's a lot of people that you can just tell they're like, all right, word, I'm just gonna roll with this punch too. All right, not that. Yeah. Still staying on this. Do yeah. you feel like the fact that? Uh, it's very clear that they do not want to shut down again and that they're trying to move very forward. But it just feels like, what are we doing? Like, there's a part of me, where, like, like first off, I did Steven's shows last night. Phenomenal show last night. Thank you, you very And much. you've always put on really dope shows since I've known you. And I think it's really dope that you've produced shows and as well as performed because I always respect comics who provide their own opportunities for themselves. Appreciate that. With that being said, New York is back up, but, like, we, wanna, we limping. Like, New York is yeah. walking with a limp. yeah. 
And I just feel like the whole country feels like it is like, yo, like last year there was a like at 2020, there was a part where it felt like the world was ending, but we were all like, you know what, let's all behave and see, yeah. like, you know, we'll just thug it through. Yeah. And then the riots came, and then we all still was like, all right, that was a little thing, but we're not even worried about it. Right now, it do feel like, all right, we just bullshitting at this point, right? Yeah. Like, we need to just all realize that this is over soon. <laughs> just well, go pray. And so you were saying on the other episode, the Spanish flu was three years. Right, Spanish flu, nineteen eighteen, was three years. This might just be the beginning of and it, and I'm, I, and I hear you saying that. I, I, I hope you're wrong. I, all I can do is hope that you're wrong. And what's wild is, whenever this airs, some of this conversation won't even be relevant because the shit changes so quick. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I, I just am gonna keep moving forward. Yeah. And I and and yeah, yeah. and whatever whatever that means. To keep moving forward, that's just what I'm gonna keep doing, and I don't know if there's because of maybe we get shut down. I'm talking about running some shows in Staten Island right now because Staten Island's gonna be a little looser. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'm doing a bunch of like um, reaching out to these brands and like so like my master's is in, in social enterprise, and so like uh, I've had my own business for about seven years where I'm doing different like social impact projects and shit like that. So now I'm like starting to do much, like uh, Frankie and I have this like brand partnership with Lululemon and we're starting to talk to these other like really big companies about doing like content creation type shit. Like there are always going to be opportunities. I mean like I ran 170 corporate Zoom shows through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been a hustle and I don't know what is going to happen, but I'm gonna just keep rolling with the punches. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know because it is it is very much a nobody knows what the fuck's happening. And like and like very slowly but surely like like I, like it's one thing like I never had faith in one administration. Sure. But to lose faith in another one feels just as bad. Like Yeah. I just it, it very much and, it, and again, this is an easier said than done. Try to be like <clears throat> I can only control what I can control. Right, like I haven't, I I haven't been enraged or upset about an administration for a long time because like you stopped caring. Right, it's just you checked and, out six months ago. Which, what happened six months ago? You was like, all right, this is well. It. So early pandemic, I was only allowing myself news Monday, just once a week because it's the same shit every fucking day. It's just angrier, right? But then I slipped, and then I was like October. Like I had this. Uh, I was telling the joke last night about like uh, the hinge date that I went on, but. Yeah. The reason that I even went on that hinge day because October I was just like consumed by the shit. Then when January six happened, I was consumed by the shit. So it's it's like this thing that is usually a good indicator of my wellness, like my mindfulness, or whatever. <laughs> is like how much news I'm watching That's is so directly good. correlated to how happy I am, right? January like, six was nice. Yeah, I was on a business call like uh, with that same nonprofit I was talking about with Oliver Scholars, and like she had it on in the background, and so like I see it in the TV behind her in the Zoom. And I was like, does that say, is that people like on the cap? <laughs> and like we're and like so we both found out together. It was like it was wild as shit. So like we're like literally like on a business meeting. And I was like, she got a big. I was like, yo, that's. Can you look behind you? Does that say the that they're storming the Capitol right now? She's like, yeah, it does. Um, but I don't know. I uh, I'm yeah, just. Yeah, you smoke a lot of hella weed. So hella weed. I do have weed. Yeah, weed is helpful and yoga. Um, you I don't stretch. You out here stretching? Yeah, yeah. Around? I don't think I would have been able to. You out here with your core down. engaged? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a downward facing dog often. Wow. <laughs> um, yes, had a row. Yes, had a row. That's the New Year's resolution. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna get that merch. 
that yes yeah. had that yes, yes hetero, hetero merch. The other day, someone I, I changed all my profiles to uh, yes hetero, and the other day someone said you were you getting that mistake for a gay man that much. I was like, nah, it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know what you meant until I heard the joke last night because I saw that you had changed it yeah. on your Instagram, and then I saw the joke or I heard the joke last night, and I was just like, oh word, that's what that meant. <laughs> I told that joke like that was the one joke that was like okay. <laughs> They're like, okay, this is, that's a joke. We get it. it was set up in a punchline. I had one last night too. That was just like, okay, agreed. That was not funny. That yeah, was like, right. That was that was not they on were me. Like, but we're gonna let you slide. Yeah, yeah, what right. else you got? <laughs> Yo, Stephen, thank you, Stephen Campbell. Thank you so much for coming through. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. What, what valley are you from again? Smoke Valley. Simi Valley. Simi Valley. Stephen Cali from Simi Valley. Uh, right next door. Yeah, right next door to Ohio. <laughs> of course my producer knows. <laughs> Every little hood. Yeah. They, they <laughs> right. dropping bodies over in Ohio too? Um, I don't know. I didn't really spend as much time there. Okay. But thank you very much for coming through, brother. Appreciate you. This has Appreciate been a, you. your latest episode of PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Reg Thomas. Uh, let them know where to find your social media. Uh, yeah, hit me on Instagram, Stephen Campbell Comedy, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Uh, also got a podcast with my girl, Frankie French, the nonprofit, N-O-N-P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. Talks to people about social issues and the people alleviating those social issues. But we make the shit funny. Love Frankie French. She's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you. If you are a fan of my podcast, P.S. A Podcast, hosted by me, the great Reg Thomas, share my podcast with at least one of your friends, all right? One of your friends shares my podcast, and they share it with another person in 30 days. I should be somewhere further out of my mother's house, okay? You've been listening to an N-Stars production. P.S. A Podcast is produced by Junius Valentine, sound engineer Adam Mock, and written by Reg Thomas.